0: which pop culture is worthy of your downtime. I'm Sarah. And I'm Joanna. And it's
1: kind of like a funny catch-up week for us. Yeah, I mean, I think this week pretty much the world was focused on the election, so we got pretty far behind on pop culture.
0: Yes, but what was so funny to me was, so a friend of mine who I work with tweeted something on Tuesday night. I was like, oh, bless all the people in Canada who are tweeting about Bachelorette Canada during the election. Oh. Like, oh, bless. The first half of the season finale of Bachelorette Canada aired on Tuesday night, like, in its typical time slot. So from 9 to 10.30 on election night, basically. I know.
1: I know. I know.
0: And it was very silly, and it just kind of was very funny to me. So I feel like, yes, like, I feel like this was a time to reflect on the new future, which is so bizarre. And yeah. also to catch up and check in on certain shows. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, you know, we're not going to talk about politics because that's not what our podcast does, even though, like, obviously, I, for one, am very, very upset about what happened. But, (laughs) you know, our job is to discuss pop culture, and that's what we're going to do. And, of course, we love Anthony Weiner.
0: No shots fired at him for for what his role may or may not have been in the results.
1: Blame Comey. Yes. Just blame Comey. That's right. I guess what we're going to do right now is we're going to do a check-in on the fake president on Designated Survivor. Yes. (laughs) So, it would be nice if he were the real president, but he's not. He's so great. He is great.
0: I'm enjoying Designated Survivor quite a bit, actually.
1: He's like hot President Bartlett.
0: Well, in that he's trim and more attractive, yes.
1: Yeah. And his policies are great as well.
0: It's not just the physical.
1: He has good policies. You know, he... He has good instincts. I don't necessarily like how he sidelines the female employees, but, like, everyone in Washington does, so I can't fault him for that in comparison with other politicians.
0: I think it's not that bad. Like, I think, like, he still respects Italia Ricci's opinions. Yeah, He's just though- tr- he's trying to nurture her, like, long-term, right? Like, he knows that his existing chief of staff is like going to take a bullet for him in the short term. He's kind of like, you know, on Veep, he respects him as a Dan type character, you know, just somebody who's going to be like in and out of this administration who has less ties to it emotionally. Whereas Italia Ricci is kind of like Anna Chlumsky's character who is, or, or say Tony Hale's character, they're, they're connected to Selena, you know, they're not necessarily connected to politics, mobility in that world.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on that. One thing I don't like is the fact that the paternity of his son is clearly going to become an arc. Yeah, I don't know. And that, char- and that character kind of sucks. Like, I don't care about him. No, no one cares about the son.
0: He should just have the daughter. The daughter's great. Like, the son really sucks. Like, also, when he was, like, dealing, like, MDMA, like, I didn't care then, you know?
1: No, the son just is—who cares? He's a distraction— I also just don't know how much of a role his family needs to play in this. Like, there's so much going on in this show, right? With the fact that, like, Maggie Q clearly had an affair with the president, and she thinks that what happened in the Capitol was probably an inside job. Like, all that stuff is enough. Like, we don't need family drama. Yeah, and, like, I just don't care about his family. Like, Like, I already, like, don't
0: really know enough, nor do I really care enough about Natasha McElhone's character, who's his wife. Yeah. Like she's already tangential enough, like, enough with the son, like, I don't, I don't care, he's just a deadbeat, let him be a deadbeat teen, who's, like, trying to come to terms with his new, like, the new spotlight that his life is in, like, that's, that's enough, like, do we need to care about his paternity, like, does that make him any less equipped, like, there's enough scandals with this presidency already.
1: Exactly, it's like, this is, it's so extra, like, it's just, You're just obscuring what the real drama is. Like, no one would actually give a shit about his paternity because already everything is so effed up in this society that they'd be like, whatever. Yeah, totally. And also, the president knows, right? Like, that's what Natasha McElhone said. Like, he knows. It's just the son doesn't know. So it wouldn't even be a scandal. be like, yeah, it was no one's business, and he is my son. I raised him. It's such a non-story. Right. Anyway, I think that that's not the way they should go. I have I take issue with it. And, you know, Natasha and McElhone, I liked it when they were doing the conflict about how can she be first lady and still have her job. That yes. Was, that's good. And that's basically all the family conflict he should be
0: having. I agree. Like, that kind of reminds it's, me of the um, House of Cards drama but that I really liked in the early seasons where Robin Wright's character just really wants, where Claire really wants to establish herself on her own like she wants her own legacy and she only she also wants her own purpose like separate from her husband and I felt like that's that's a great arc really for Natasha McElhone's character but who knows
1: yeah anyway I think the show parts of it are like a plus yes and then parts of it are like b minus I agree I'm comfortable with like a b minus b
0: grade overall
1: yeah and I think that it's instincts to discuss what it would be like for an unexpected first lady not to want to abandon her career or her clients I think that's like a plus you thought this through but then some of the stuff they do like the paternity is like okay that's like a C right it's been so done it was also that was the plot point on scandal last year for the vice president literally a convict was the father of her child last year on scandal right that is like for reals plagiarism.
0: Too much recycling in your mind.
1: Yeah, well, they, like, just plagiarized Shonda Rhimes. Like, that, I'm sorry, it's, like, it's just so similar that I'm like, you must have just seen Scandal and then like, let's just do that thing.
0: That's kind of my problem with a lot of network dramas. Like, I don't know if it's the problem of the 22-episode format or whatever. You have this great concept, but then you have to stretch a season arc to fit 22 episodes, right? At some point, you have to throw in things that are completely tangential to the plot and, like, are meaningless. And I feel like this episode, this week, you know, I don't know, I feel like we're getting more and more of those curveballs or those, like, throwaway plots that, I don't know, don't really enhance the quality of the show, even though the show is still great.
1: Yes. I think overall, like, it's very watchable. It is eminently watchable. It's a great thing for network TV that this is happening. I think it's the most watchable network show since Scandal, back when Scandal was good, before it became completely over the top
0: aka when columbus short was still on scandal yes
1: yeah i agree
0: i find it it much more watchable than this is us this is us is shitty like why do people like that show it's it's also so silly yeah it's very silly like each episode is like all right all right i get it this is connected to this very good like loud clap you know like it's just an it's i don't know i find it very silly
1: it's a saccharine tone without realizing it's saccharine because i think it thinks it's a serious drama it's like we are complicating issues of race and family and time and you don't know what's what like you the show is too smart for you it's smarter than you i'm like it's not smarter than me it's just making shit up as it goes along yeah very very obviously yeah i was like no i didn't predict that because you didn't know that last week like you're just making shit up right it's, I find it very self-important for what it is. Well, it's
0: trying to be like Parenthood, except Parenthood kind of knew what it was doing in, in that sense. Like it's like we want to be a primetime soap with all these different generations, all these different connections, and we're fine with that. Like that's the show. Whereas This Is Us is like, okay, we got to go back in time, and we want to go back in time, but not too far, and then we want to make sure this ties up, and it's like, okay sterling k brown's character is a genius but like he's a reluctant genius and it's all a bit about race and like i was just trying really trying to tackle too many things
1: it tackles way too many things also one problem is that the the actors who play kevin and kate cannot act oh i don't care about them at all no i don't care about them at all like seriously seriously don't care Like, I don't
0: care. And, like, they're really making her size into such a big plot point when she seems to be the most confident character on the show.
1: I don't, like, here's the thing. By dissecting what it means to be discriminated against as a fat person and to be fat-shamed, the show is actually fat-shaming her because they've made that her entire character. Yes. And it's like they don't get that. They think, oh, we're being progressive because we're doing this edgy representation. Like, fat people are usually so marginalized and, like, no, 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 you are marginalizing her by putting her on a show and only letting her be defined as, like, the fat girl.
0: I know, it's so bizarre. So, having said all that, Designated Survivor and Pitch are my two favorite new primetime American dramas of the year.
1: Okay, so sell me on Pitch. Like, I, when I saw the preview, I was yeah. like, what the hell? Um, so, here's a problem that I've heard people mention who've seen the preview. Yes. I... Uh, I have not actually watched the pilot, so one thing that seemed problematic to me in the preview is that her grandfather teaches her the pitch. Her uh, yes, and so it's not so it's like the first woman baseball player, but it's only because she has the secret knowledge given to her by a man, not because she like is as strong or came up with this pitch herself. Well, it's not like it's, it's
0: not just her grandfather; it's also her father. Okay, so so either way, your plot your point still stands.
1: Okay, so can you address that like? Does it feel annoying when you watch the show that that is how they made her such a great baseball player?
0: Okay, so here's what's annoying to me as somebody who played baseball their entire life and, like, whatever. So there's a big suspension of disbelief in that a woman has apparently never thrown faster. And this number could be wrong, but apparently a woman has never thrown flat, thrown faster than, like, 60-something miles per hour. In, in Major League Baseball, you, like, the, typically you have to throw between 90 and 100 miles per hour. Like, that's, like, the standard, right? Like, yes, you can throw, like, 80-ish, like, if it's, like, a slower ball or, like, a different pitch or, like, whatever. But it's, it's standard that you throw, like, a certain speed, right? So mm. you have to look past that apparently women, like, genetically just can't throw that quickly. So if you throw that aside and accept it as a piece of fantasy and that she's like breaking all these boundaries and whatever. It's just like really fun, really compelling TV, really well cast. Mark Pell Gossler is like awesome in it. He's like this catcher slash reluctant mentor. BJ Britt, who was on Unreal as The Bachelor last season, is her older brother, who, like, helps nurture her and, like, whatever. <laughs> Ali Larder is, like, her agent slash manager, who's, like, extremely aggressive in Type A, which is great. Mark Consuelos is the team's GM, I feel like. It's just, like, really good diversity, like, a really interesting storyline, really good acting. This week, this week, there was a plot point about Mark Paul Gossler's character, who's, like, the veteran on the team, basically has to switch his playing position to stay on the team or to try a different position out and so Ginny Baker who's like the female lead and like the star of the show um says to him he makes some kind of comparison like some kind of historical comparison she's like I don't know that I was born in 1992 and then he says to her why don't you go watch some Ken Burns (laughs) and they're like (laughs) I, like, died laughing. Like, I couldn't handle it. So, like, it, like, it knows exactly what it is. You know, her number on the show is 43, because, like, Jackie Robinson's number was 42, you know? It knows that it's, like, schmaltzy and ridiculous and all that stuff. And I guess, like, the whole point is that she's rebelling against the construct that she's this hero. Like, she just wants to be normal. Like, she just wants to be taken seriously. Like, it doesn't necessarily matter to her that her father taught her how to play, because, like, it's... So much a part of her. Like, she just wants to be an athlete. Like, she doesn't want to be this, like, female athlete. You know, she just wants, kind of like Serena Williams. Like, I just want to be an athlete, you know? And uh, I just find it, like, super cheesy and it works and I really like it. <laughs> like, it's just very satisfying. It's satisfying TV. And I feel like
1: that's kind of my feeling. I don't
0: know if you can enjoy it if you don't like baseball, though.
1: I don't dislike baseball. I mean, I'm not, I don't love it the way you do. Yes. Uh-
0: I like, like there enjoy- was a whole episode, I think, like, episode, like, two weeks ago, there was a whole episode about, like, trade deadlines and, like, what that does for, like, a player's mentality and, like, blah, 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 and I'm like, oh, this is so cool, I never thought about it like this. But, like, I don't know if it's, like, very exclusionary or whatever, but I really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, so do you think that it's more or less accessible to people who aren't rabid baseball fans than, say, Moneyball?
0: Oh, no, Moneyball is much more accessible.
1: Oh, okay, so this is more, like... This is funny. This is very on the nose. I don't use this term. It's more inside baseball, if you will. Oh yes, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's quite good. It's extremely inside baseball. Trade deadlines. The All Star break is coming. Like you really need to know a lot of baseball buzzwords to kind of understand the plot points of the show. There was an interesting episode actually last week where she got this endorsement deal with Nike, and so the whole episode was like based on like she went to this Nike party and she got a panic attack. Because she's like, I'm not who they want me to be, basically. And, oh, well.
1: oh, so she's imposter syndrome. Okay, that's realistic. Yeah, so like there's a lot of stuff like that. And she
0: has like severe imposter syndrome. Like she doesn't like she doesn't want to be a hero. Like she just wants to be good at her job. And she just wants to be one of the guys, you know, like she just wants to be an equal. So okay. I find like that's like quite feminist. Like she doesn't want to be heralded as like a trailblazer. She just wants to be able to play.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that is, and isn't that kind of the story of a lot of women, where it's like, we just want to be able to do our jobs?
0: Yeah, it's like Roberta Bondar is like that, you know, like those kind of people.
1: Yeah, and I guess it's an interesting examination of the burden of being a trailblazer, right? Like, she didn't necessarily sign it to you the first woman baseball player, she signed it to a baseball player, and like, some people want to be that icon, and are cool with having the double burden, right? You have to play well, and you have to be a role model, But then, why should you have to do that just because you're a woman? Right, and
0: so it's it's interesting. Like I've never really seen that type of role modeling on display in TV before. Like I feel like it does it very, very well. And she's a really she's quite a good actress. It's a very well cast show, and it's a very interesting show. So it's fun in that sense. I think like it's my it's my most satisfying watch every week. That's not like reality TV. (laughs) I really enjoy I really enjoy watching it every week. Let's say, like, hypothetically, it's like a, a Friday or whatever day it is, and on the PVR, I have Pitch and Designated Survivor and Kim's Convenience and whatever else I haven't watched yet for the week. Like, I will watch Pitch first, always.
1: That is an important test. Like, what do you watch first? Like, you might think a show is your favorite show, but if you don't want to watch it first, it's not. Yep,
0: yeah. There's a really good 30 Rock joke where Liz Lemon says, like, oh, I'm never going to watch Treme or whatever. yeah. yeah. so true.
1: Yeah, so true. So speaking of TV, though, that, like, you love to watch, but there's a show now that I love to watch that I think I'm breaking up with. So on Crazy Mm Ex-Girlfriend, Greg has been written off.
0: Yes, I saw some hubbub about this online.
1: Yeah, I don't think I can watch it anymore. So
0: is this the guy who she moved to West
1: Covina for? No, this is the right guy that she should pick. Oh, I see. It's the one who, like, they're messed up in a similar way, and, like, you envision it, like, five seasons from now when the show's over, even though it's going to get canceled this season, then, like, finally having worked through their stuff and being complimentary. Is the, show like, still,
0: is the show still good, though? Like, I feel like it doesn't really have buzz anymore.
1: Um, okay, so the new intro is terrible. Okay. It's awful. They should have stuck with the old one. Why do you need a new one? It's terrible. Some of it was good. The Love Colonel song, which is a parody of, like, it kind of does like she's in the desert in a, in a ball gown. So there's kind of some Beyonce imagery there, but it, it, what she's doing is she's making fun of the way like women can manipulate ourselves into believing a man is in love with us when he's like, totally not. Right. And so it'll be things like, you know, he totally loves me because like last week he's texted me, Hey, my friend canceled want to come, come see a movie with me? And it's like, that tells me I'm the most important person in his life next to his friend. Like, like you look good today. Or like, he loves me. Just things like that. It's called Love Kernels and it's quite insightful. Huh, interesting. You Nothing know else they have done this season has been memorable like that. Like, that was the only thing that was potentially as good as, and it wasn't even as good as Sexy Getting Ready song or Oh My God, I Think I Like You or I Gave You a UTI. Those are all great songs that just spoke truth to the world. Right. The UTI song is, I think, the truest thing ever. Have you heard the UTI song?
0: I I think I've seen, like, quotes from it, but I don't think I've ever heard it in full anyway.
1: So Greg, who's a great singer because he was Hans in Frozen, at one point he and Rebecca have, like, just started hooking up, and they've been having sex, like, constantly for a week, just, like, four times a day, just, like, going at it. And so, as you do, she gets a UTI, um, and he's so happy that he's given her UTI. He's, like, so proud of this, that he's performed his masculinity this way, that he sings this song, I Gave You a UTI.
0: That's very funny.
1: Um, and it is, like, the most realistic thing I think I've ever seen on TV, even though it is a musical number. Huh. Yeah. So season one is excellent. Season two, meh. And now that Greg's gone, I'm like, so... Is she supposed to end up with Josh? Is this now going to be the moral of the story? Right. Ew. Weird. Like, not ew to Josh, but ew to that being the plot, because Josh also, like, what they've done with him is clever, because he's supposed to be kind of like, he's the commitment-phobic guy who's commitment-phobic because the world has, like, given him permission to be, where it's like, you've got crazy ex-girlfriend who's, like, clingy because the world socializes women to be clingy to men, and then... Josh, even though he's meant to be with Valencia, his long-term girlfriend, he's commitment phobic because the world has socialized him. To I still, with Mac- I
0: still can't get over that her name is an Instagram filter.
1: Yeah, it's hilarious. Anyway, I just like so I think that's clever, but he's also meant to be with Valencia, and it kind of undermines the commentary they're trying to make if he's meant to be with Rebecca the whole time. Right. So you in think my- that
0: this casting news alone is enough of a reason for you to break up with it, or is it just like quality in general?
1: Well, I had hope as long as Greg was on it. And now I don't really have hope. Yeah. Because it is a romantic comedy, right? So even if when the show ends, she ends up alone, up until that point, they have to keep throwing men in her path. So you want good leading men. Anyway, I'm just really upset about this. I don't I just love Greg too much. I just he's just so attractive. Right. Yeah? Oh well, I'll get over it. So what else are you watching?
0: Some I'm, I'm really enjoying Obviously, pitch. <laughs> I'm enjoying Designated Survivor. I like Kim's Convenience. I've started recording Shoot the Messenger and Second Gen, which are two new Canadian shows. I haven't really watched them yet, but they both have a lot of buzz, and I know people who are on them. So at some point, I will watch them. What else am I watching? Obviously, Project Runway, Survivor, all the good stuff. <laughs> Aside from that, like in terms of like every week shows, I'm watching This Is Us, kind of reluctantly. I'm still watching Notorious. I can't break up with it even though it's so ridiculous.
1: Oh, you're still watching Notorious? Oh my
0: god, you would die. Actually, Ray J was on Notorious this week. Ray J as himself. Oh my god, did he sing I Hit It First? He does not. But he not. does like he-, he does like a news press conference and mm-hmm. as a victim of one of the bling ring. <laughs> and it's a two part episode, so he might be back next week. Because they didn't solve right. the crime this week.
1: They that's amazing okay this is that's
0: the best thing ever on television i must watch those like notorious <laughs> is so cheesy and every, okay so here's the plot of notorious for those people who don't know so basically piper Perabo plays julia george who's like this producer at basically like an anderson cooper meets nancy grace type cnn yeah. hln show yeah and it's based on a true based on real life and she's the executive producer of the show, and she has this friendly-slash-they-may-have-slept-together-in-the-past kind of rapport with this hotshot lawyer-to-the-stars or lawyer-to-high-profile clients, like a male Gloria Allred. Basically, it's, it's Mark Garrigos based on Mark Garagos, named Jake Gregorian, who is Daniel Sinjata, a.k.a. James Holt from Devil Wears Prada, obviously. Yes. And so they kind of have like this like back-and-forth like flirtatious workmates, a lot of his clients end up giving her exclusives on the show and blah 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 and almost every episode she's like in the control room talking to her host who's like this like saucy middle-aged woman who's like very entertaining and she is a- she's entertaining but like almost every episode something goes awry during a broadcast and it's like this is my show and like whatever it's amazing. Like, honestly, like, you could have a bingo card for watching Notorious in terms of the ridiculous things that go on. And it's just, like, a lot of fun. Like, there's a lot of time where, like, I think we talked about this before. Maybe we talked about it in person, about, like, Jake Gregorian, like, Daniel Sinjata. Is, he and his brother, like, run this law firm together. And I don't know if they're both adopted or, like, what the story is. But they're definitely of different ethnicities. And at least once an episode, there's, like, you're my brother. Like, those kind of <laughs> conversations. Which is hilarious. Um, it's just, like, pure cheese, and it's so I the, fun.
1: Yeah. I love the way TV does that. My theory is TV must be mostly written by only children, because no one with a sibling actually tells their sibling that they're their sibling that often. No. I don't, go, I don't think I've ever said to my sister, Victoria, you are my sister. Like, ever. I don't think I've ever said those words to her in my life, nor have I said that to my brother. Like, maybe... Because my brother, I'm so much older than he is. Maybe when he was, like, learning English as, like, an 18-month-old, I might have said that to teach him the word. But, like, adults don't say that.
0: It's, it's unbelievable. And this show, like, nothing on this show makes sense at all. They're always, like, an exclusive prison interview. It's like, in what world... With somebody who'd be able to do, like, a live satellite interview from prison, like, in real time. Like, it's so absurd and so ridiculous. And now Ray J's on the show, and it's wonderful. I, like, love Notorious. Like, I think, like, honestly, like, my hierarchy in terms of, like, what I want to watch, it's, like, pitch Notorious. And I'm, like, so shameful about watching Notorious because it's so cheesy and, like, bad. But it's so fun. I really enjoy it. It's really fun. Like, Survivor I have to watch in real time. You know, there are a couple things I have to watch in real time. But, like... Pitch and Taurus are definitely my number one and number two PBR shows. So that's what I'm watching. I like lots of other stuff, obviously. I don't know, what about you?
1: What am I else am I watching? Yeah. I like the good place. Ted Danson and Christian Bell are great together. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Very compelling. I think it's asking some interesting questions about what it means to be a good person. So like for example, when they tell you how to get to the good place, you get points for different good actions in your life, right? For different like good deeds that you do. And so one of the things you get points for is being vegan, but you get even more points for not talking about being vegan. Oh, my God, that's amazing. And then, like, you get points for helping your mom set up her wireless internet and things like that. So, but it also asks questions about what is enough and can just, like, the absence of doing bad things be enough to be a good person. So, like, Kristen Bell's soulmate character, Chidi, he never really did very much in life. Like, he just spent his whole time as, like, a philosophy doctoral student researching ethics and writing this dissertation so he thought about goodness a lot is that enough to make you good I kind of wonder if it is or if it isn't right like I don't think just thinking about goodness is enough to be good and they have some interesting debates about what like should you just because you were a good person have a better afterlife like Kristen Bell's supposed to be like she's like I didn't kill anyone I'm a medium person so like why should it be the choice Between heaven and hell, like, shouldn't I go to a medium place like Cincinnati?
0: That's funny. Uh,
1: Because apparently they don't have purgatory in this universe, and it's, like, very hard to get into heaven. Uh, So I'm not sure if they'll do more exploration of that, like, why they've made it so hard to get into heaven. But I actually kind of think, in some ways, that the show is a commentary on class (laughs) and class privilege. Because, like, only, like, like, basically, like, 1% of people get into heaven. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people who get into heaven, and they haven't interrogated this yet, but I feel like they will soon, seem like they had a lot of time to devote to thinking about goodness or doing good things because they seem to come from money.
0: Hmm.
1: So I'm not sure if they're going to go in that direction or not. But that is what I've observed. Right. So we'll see. anyway. I would recommend it. I think it's a good show. Okay. It's funny.
0: That's not bad. I know you Kristen Bell, and I get it. I get a lot of people don't like Kristen Bell. Um, She just, I don't, like, it's not like I've ever, like, I really liked her in Bad Moms. So. She was, I think, her and Katherine Hahn, I think, really made Bad Moms for me. Yeah. But I just, I can't, her online persona makes her a little hard to handle.
1: I know she has a lot of hypocrisies, like, as a person, but she actually has really good comic timing on this show and they kind of let her flex a lot of the comic muscles that she uses in bad mom mm-hmm. like a show like house of lies doesn't let her do any work right like they don't really let her be funny she just says like outrageous things it's a lot of like scatological humor which isn't necessarily bad but it's not challenging right whereas she really is much more challenged on the show and i would say she rises to the occasion like ted danson is one of her most frequent scene partners and i don't think most actors could handle that like cuz he's so funny and so talented and you know she's a worthy adversary like she is really great in their scenes together
0: hmm. i believe it like i mean people really like it i just i i uh, one day i will watch it but i know we're both like thinking about breaking up with divorce
1: yeah we're going to divorce divorce
0: i'm kind of ready to divorce divorce i don't think hey. I, I don't think i need to watch more to divorce divorce
1: nor do I. I mean, it's just, you're right, it's dull. You were saying before we started recording that it's boring and it's boring.
0: I'm bored. I just, I don't, it's a, it's, okay, like, it's not ready. I don't think, I just don't think it's ready for TV.
1: It seems a little half-baked. Like, they needed to go and edit the scripts and punch them up. It's like, it's like they wrote, they outlined them, and they're like, well, we'll add the jokes later, and then they never added the jokes.
0: Because really nothing, no, but nothing happens on the, in the show at all.
1: Nothing. Nothing. Like and it's
0: no, it's moving nothing. at such a to use a devil Wars product term, moving at such a glacial pace. Yes. And oh. and I just don't care. Like it's not even like they're fighting and it's interesting. Like I, I feel like there had, there was like a really interesting energy in the first episode with the Molly Shannon party and the Tracy Letts gunfire situation and. Just, like, the friction that can come from a marriage and her frustration that they don't talk to each other anymore. And I thought, like, those were all, like, really interesting threads. And then since then, it's just these people whining. But they're not even whining about anything.
1: Yeah, they're just... You know what? It's, it's dull.
0: Those, it's really dull.
1: It's dull. And also, I do kind of judge them for how little they decided to fight for their marriage. Like, if they claim to be this sad about getting divorced, then why didn't they... Do anything to try to avoid it. They go to counseling like twice.
0: Yes, and then like his friend tells him that he's being a sucker for being in mediation. Which yeah, is yeah, well, they're,
1: yeah, they're friends with horrible people.
0: I just but like who cares? Yeah, I, I, it kind of all rubs me the wrong way. It's just it's dull. Nothing happens. I'm bored. It's, like, lost all of the vibrancy that was there from the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's, well, it's it was half-baked. It's the wrong cast as well because, okay, all of the humor that exists is kind of dry humor. And Thomas Hayden Church actually does a decent job with I, it. I think, he's, cool. I think
0: he's great on the show. And I don't necessarily blame Sarah Jessica Parker either. But they just don't give her anything to do other than mope.
1: They don't. And here's the thing. I do think that so Sharon Horgan, who created this show and also created Catastrophe... If she had been the female lead, and you give Sarah Jessica Parker's lines to Sharon Horgan, Sharon Horgan's delivery, for some reason, would have made it funny. Like, imagine anything she says coming out of Sharon Horgan's mouth, and for some reason it just is funny. But that's because this is Sharon Horgan's voice, and it's easier to make your own jokes funny, right? When Coming from Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker, they just feel underwritten. Yes. And given that it's not some, you know, it just, I don't think it's a criticism of her, as an actress, to say, like, they just need to make it sound a little bit less like Sharon Horgan so another person can say it and be convincing that it's funny. Yes. Like, that's... But I do think that the stuff she's saying in, like, if it were a British show, is kind of funny. But they wrote that character like she was British, which is weird because Thomas Hayden Church does not sound British to me on that show. Right. I just
0: don't care about these characters. I don't care about their happiness. I don't care about their sadness. I don't care last week or two weeks ago when they had to talk to their kids. and the kids their are not care. Their kids are like whatever. Well, I think that also made it, like, there's no conflict.
1: No, no, it's just like, okay, apparently they're getting divorced and everything's gonna be fine. Like, why should I invest?
0: Oh, and she's, like, buying this big property and, like, everything's okay. And Tracy Letts is also okay. And he and Molly Shannon are fine and they're able to move past it. Like, I just, like, are we missing something? Like, that's kind of honestly how I feel about it.
1: Yes, like, why is this show, what is profound about it? Like, what is its message?
0: And then what is this show? I don't know. I'm just, like, really ready to break up with it. Like, I think, like, a couple weeks ago, I had four or three episodes of Divorce on the PVR. And then I honestly sat and watched them all, and I'm like, so nothing happened? <laughs>
1: like... You know? And what is Divorce season 2? Let alone Divorce season 3 or 4. Like What is di- what is Divorce third? episode 8? Like Yeah. Yeah. Like how is this not a limited series? Right. Is this just the wrong title for the show? Like, should it be something else? Like, is that, is the divorce not really the story? Like, what are we missing?
0: These are the real questions. I just, I'm so bored. It's, it's just so boring. It's, a, it's like, I feel like I'm wasting time watching it, which is terrible to say, because, like, I should be supporting it, blah, blah, blah. But I just feel like there's so many other better things to watch. And no and, and nobody's talking about it.
1: Exactly. want to do something really sad that happened to me um, on Election Day. Yes. Like a lot of bad things happen to a lot of people, and like you know, we're Canadian, so we're lucky. But on Tuesday, I was discussing in front of a teenage girl the show The West Wing, and she kept saying, Stop talking about Westworld.
0: Well, I guess there's that, but I don't think it's like on in syndication in any way.
1: Like, to be fair, she has every right not to know what it is. Like, I'm I get it. Like, it's not like when I was her age, I knew Dallas, sure. Like, I wasn't like, Who shot JR? Like,
0: right. Right,
1: So fair enough. But it just made me feel
0: old. I'm sorry. But next week, it's we'll okay. know who May- wins. Yeah, we'll, Will we know who wins the Bachelor? No, we won't know who wins the Bachelor canon next Because this week is the Men Tell All.
1: Yes. I don't know how to write a recap for the Men Tell All. That will be interesting.
0: It looks boring. Oh. It's like Drew versus that annoying Chris guy. Oh
1: my god, I
0: hate Chris. Oh my god, and his hair's grown out and he's even like more annoying.
1: I do want to hear from Scarves, Kevin, though.
0: Yeah, I didn't see him in the preview. This The preview was basically just devoted to those two. I just
1: think it's so quaint how we think that we've created drama on reality TV, like Canadian reality TV, because we think that, like, Drew is somehow, like, our Chad. When, I know. You know
0: Chad. No, but Drew was almost always right.
1: Yes. Have you seen, speaking of The Bachelor and Chad, have you seen Ben and Lauren Happily Ever After?
0: Uh, no. I've been avoiding it. I never liked Ben and Lauren together, really, so I just don't care. I don't
1: like them either. The show is really dull, but Chad was on a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh, random. Why? For ratings?
1: Yes, because this show is the most scripted reality TV show ever. Is this... It's not scripted with any skill. Is this
0: also, like, why they had JoJo and Jordan on?
1: Yeah, and they don't explain why they're having lunch. It's because they are told they have to, right? Like... Right. So, it's not like there's any plot point where like Jojo phones him up and is like you know what I think we should try to be friends like none of this shit happens right like it's not like they actually have a compelling reason for spending time together same thing with like at one point they go shopping all together with the twins like Lauren Ben and the twins lol and like why would she be friends with Ben's exes Right. Like, constantly hangs out with these other girls, and I'm like, this is not anyone's life. Yeah. So, that's weird. And then they go camping, like, they go camping and Chad comes. No, thank you. It's like, obviously you're not going to go camping with Chad. Like, you're not going to go to the wilderness with, like, a person you believe to be dangerous. Right. So, it's just so manufactured, but not even, it's not even funny. Like, it's not like when they did, remember when Chad on JoJo's season, they edited it so it looked like he was reenacting The Revenant?
0: Yeah, that was great.
1: That was funny. do
0: do 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 <laughs> yeah, was- do 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 I love <laughs> right. that music that they had for him, like, with the whistling. It was great. Which I yeah. think it was just his whistling that they just, like, looped.
1: Yeah, because the people who do that show are geniuses. Yes. Whereas the Ben and Lauren people on Freeform are not geniuses. Well, I mean, I mean
0: that's how these things work.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Well, we should probably wrap it up. Yes. So, I guess our moral of this story is... Just...
0: Just watch Pitch, watch Watch Designated Survivor, watch good TV. Yes. And find good TV and nurture it.
1: Yes, don't settle for This Is Us. We can do better than This Is Us. We can,
0: we can do better than This Is Us. And, like, This Is Us is fine if you are satisfied with that. But I, it's just, it's boring. I'm
1: bored. No, to quote Angelica Skyler from Hamilton, I will never be satisfied regarding this is us wow and we'll be back next week with more all right have a good week guys have a great week